You have downloaded the Fun Palace Radio Variety Show. I'm Jacob Zimmer, the Fun Palace's official steward. On behalf of the Fun Palace, I'd like to thank you for listening, and we'd like to thank Cedric for editing and hosting this podcast. We hope and expect that there will be more soon. May your days be filled with the variety you deserve. Enjoy the show. Come and listen into a radio station where the mighty hosts of people go. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the sound of the fun palace radio variety show. On this episode, we have songs by Ryan Kamstra, Anna May, and Felicity Williams, Chapter One of The Mysterious Death of WB, and Questions in the Dark with campaigner and artist Maggie McDonald. Hello, I'm Cedric Littlewood, and I was chosen to host this podcast, the Fun Palace Radio Variety Show, which is not only a podcast, but also apparently a live variety show, performed, as far as I can gather, in Toronto. First up, we have a song by Ryan Kamstra, which was recorded at the Fun Palace Radio Variety Show, live at the Monarch Tavern on October 3rd, 2014. Ryan Kamstra is a writer of poems, fiction, and songs. He is the author of Late Capitalist Sublime, which is not actually a critique of capitalism, but is in fact a book of poetry, as is Into the Drowned World. He was also a songwriter for the band Tomboyfriend. This, however, is an original solo song titled Heart Needs a Home. Two souls in the sheets But I need to tame this wild tongue If I'm to touch these wild streets And you won't make me nervous You won't hear me back When you leave you give nothing away Never thought I'd be enchanted by a melody That the years will not drive into the ground we were tired of the war, safety locks and stores. I was gagged, but now I'm bound. Oh, we are, oh, we are, there we are. Bed spread and toes, thistles and birds. In the dark, in the darkest of darks, I wish I was shy. I wish I'd been shy. 
But I'm living on the planet of the dog. <laughs> I should end there. But my brain feels like seaweed and my tongue like eggnog. And you won't make me ashamed, but I can't make you stay. When you leave, you give nothing away. Berlin shines like Mars in the sky. That's right. New York is like winter, St. Laurent, a bruised spine. And the trees stand in water where I'm lying awake. Take everything, there's nothing to take. Everyone has a secret, my love Something they cannot face You think they want a party in infinite space For the winter, don't throw it away Never thought I'd be enchanted by a melody That the years will not drive into ground We are tired of the war Safety locks in store I was a curve but now I'm a hound. Oh, oh, we are, oh, we are that we are. Dead spreading toes, thistles and burrs. In the dark, in the darkest of darks, I wish I was shy. I wish I'd been shy. The heart needs a home to break it. Thank you very much. That was Ryan Kamstra performing his song Heart Needs a Home from the upcoming album Planet of the Dog for what seems like an audience of dogs. You can learn more about Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Kamstra, R-Y-A-N-K-A-M-S-T-R-A. Next, we have something with the cryptic title The Mysterious Death of W.B. Chapter 1. I know as much about this as you do, other than the fact that it is written and performed by The Fun Palace Players. Ladies and gentlemen, The Fun Palace Players are proud to present Chapter 1 of... The Mysterious Death of W.B. A hard-boiled detective, Gabriel Novus, has retired to the quiet life of selling rare books in Paris. That's all about to change. The year is 1941. The Stalin-Hitler Pact is in full effect and the Nazis are in Paris. Though based on actual people and events, The Mysterious Death of W.B. is a work of fiction. The truth unknown, or even when it is known, we just make it up. The Mysterious Death of W.B., a story of intrigue and possibly murder surrounding Walter Benjamin, one of the 20th century's most influential thinkers, written by Jacob Zimmer with interruptions from Benjamin himself. The method of this project, literary montage. I needn't say anything, merely show it. I shall purloin no values, appropriate no ingenious formulations. But the rags, the refuse, these I will not inventory, but allow in the only way possible to come to their own by making use of them. I remember it now decades later like it was yesterday. My peaceful retirement was turning out to be no such thing. My whole life spent embroiled in people's private wars, Messy divorces, business deals gone sour, I plied my trade at all of it. All I wanted was to rest with my books, but now, a world's war was knocking on my door. 
No, it didn't even have the courtesy to knock. Uh, hello? Excuse me, is anyone here? Uh, hello? Oh, oh, oh. Hey, you kids like Krupa? Hey, sorry if I startled you. You look like you could use some swing, a bit stiff. Which reminds me, I think I left a drink somewhere. Um, 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 not, not, not at all. Um, are you, excuse me, but are you, um, do you mind turning that down a little? You're a bit young to be such a wet blanket. Um, uh, are you, um, uh, uh, Gabriel, uh, Novus? Novus. Just go, call me Gabe, seller of rare and antique books. Who wants to know? Um, uh, my, my name is um, Mr. Keblin, and, and um, um, this is Ms. Um, Schwartz. You are, you are the Gabriel uh, Novus, private detective. Don't recall that I am. Sir, please, we've looked into it. You retired to Paris to sell books. You haven't worked a case in two years. I believe that is the meaning of the word retired. Now, have you seen a drink about yay big, amber in color? Uh, Mr. Novus, please, we, we need your help. It's... It's, it's a matter of extreme delicacy and importance. Then I suggest you go to someone who specializes in such things. A private detective, perhaps. Do you know a critic named Walter Benjamin? I do, though unfortunately I have nothing of his for sale at the moment. He has left Paris. It seems to be a trend. I hear many German-Jewish communists are doing it. This is a matter of a manuscript. I deal only in published work, I'm sorry. Gabe... Mr. Novus, please. You must help us. It's very important that this manuscript is found. We will pay you, of course. Ideal, sweetheart, as I've said, in rare and antique books. Currently, I have no Benjamin titles in stock, nor do any of my colleagues at the moment that I'm aware of. And I doubt that, given the current climate, anyone will be receiving any soon. We're not asking you as a bookseller. But a bookseller, young man, is what I am. Now, if you'll excuse me, look at that. It's after 5 p.m., so according to the posted hours, the store is closed. Please leave. Oh. I have have a drink to oh. find. Oh. oh my god. After they left, I found my drink. Then I went to the library. Professional business. The librarians knew who was writing what and when. I kept in touch with them regularly, kept informed. I wasn't working the case. So I told myself. Shh. George. Gabe. Hey, how's tricks? Not so good. Too many official visits, if you understand. Drive away my regulars. Yeah, I hear a lot of that lately. I had told myself I wouldn't ask, but then I'd tell myself a lot of things. Benjamin, he been around? Funny. Been hearing a lot of that lately. Two kids? Real earnest? Kid with a complexion like an Idaho potato? Mm -hmm. Woman beautiful in that ideological kind of way? Yeah, that's them. What'd you tell them? As little as I could. Don't know anything. Haven't seen him. Don't know where he is. And the manuscript? Shh! I told him I didn't know anything about a manuscript. What are you telling me? Are you telling them? I'm telling no one. Told them the same thing. I'm a bookseller. I don't deal in manuscripts or they're missing authors. Well, Benjamin left over two months ago when they first arrived. South, I think. Any idea where he was going? Yeah, south. No, I know. Everyone goes south. Where was he really going? Well, you're asking a lot of questions for a bookseller, Gabe. Old habits die hard. Speaking of which, you got anything to drink? It's a library, not a bar, Gabe. Okay, fair enough. America, I think. Maybe the Institute finally came through? He was talking about the Institute for Social Research. Shh! It's a voiceover. This is, these are my interior thoughts. Headed up by Theodore Adorno and Max Horkheimer. They had gotten themselves and their money out early. Kept Benjamin from starving. Kept him hungry, though. He'd take anything with him. 
We got anything behind? A bit of both. So he was working? He was always working, every day. Would have left earlier, I figure, but said everything he needed was in this library. Where did he leave things? Lots of places, I imagine. His library, or what he had of it, I don't know. His room, or maybe with Monnier. Maybe other places. I wouldn't know. That's fine, George, thanks. I don't know he wanted people looking for him, or what he took with him, or left behind. Like I said, I'm a bookseller. Yeah, stick to that. Shh. Oh, shut it, Henri! George wasn't telling me much. He was keeping something pretty tight, I could tell that. I couldn't say I blamed him. Benjamin told or gave him something, and he wasn't telling anyone. Not yet, at least. Times like those, you got someone's trust, you kept it. I went home, poured that drink I'd been asking for, bought a few more, and went to sleep. The next day, same as the last. Excuse me. Still a bookseller, kid. That hasn't changed since yesterday. Mr. Novus, please. I know you're interested. Why else go to the library? That concludes Chapter 1 of The Mysterious Death of W.B. How did she know he'd been to the library? Had Novus been followed? Why? What was so important about this writer and this manuscript? Find out in Chapter 2 of The Mysterious Death of W.B. Coming up later. Well, that was, um, that was The Mysterious Death of W.B. Chapter 1 by the Fun Palace Players. It does have that old radio sound, so clearly they're trying to evoke the classic radio serial. That was also recorded live at the Monarch Tavern on October 3rd, 2014. The Fun Palace players are Jacob Zimmer, who you might recall from that greeting at the beginning of the podcast with Becky Johnson, Christopher Stanton, and Susanna Fournier. The music director and, I guess, voice of Walter Benjamin is Jonathan Ajemian, and sound design and live mix are by Richard Ferren? Ferren? Not sure about that. I'll have to look that up. Where have you been, dear? Henry, my son? Where have you been, dear? My pretty one, the woods, dear mother, the woods, dear mother, so make my bed, I've a pain in my head, and I want to lie down and die. What did you do there, Henry, my son? What did you do there, my pretty one? Eight, dear mother, eight, dear mother, so make my bed, I've a pain in my head, and I want to lie down and die. What did you eat there, Henry, my son? What did you eat there, my pretty one? Eels? Dear mother, eels, dear mother, so make my bed, I've a pain in my head, and I want to lie down and die. What color were they, Henry, my son? What color were they, my pretty one? 
yellow, green and yellow. So make my bed. I've a pain in my head, and I want to lie down and die. Those eels were snakes, dear Henry, my son. Those eels are snakes, dear, my pretty one. Ouch, dear mother. Ouch, dear mother. So make my bed. I've a pain in my head, and I want to lie down and die. So she made his bed, freed a pain in his head, and he went and lay down. That was a refreshing new adaptation of the traditional folk song "Henry, My Son" by Anime, which is not to be confused with the extensive field of Japanese cartoons, but is actually spelled A N A M A I. I think that's Anna Mayberry. Online, there are other members listed, but apparently that was just her performing at the Junction City Music Hall in Toronto. Anna Mayberry is a Toronto-based musician, songwriter, and dancer. You can hear more work by her and the rest of Anime at their Bandcamp page, buzzrecordsto.bandcamp.com/album/sallows-lp. That's a bit of a mouthful, so I'll just remind you that you can simply visit the Fun Palace Radio Variety Shows website, funpalace.ca, and it will link you to all these artists. I must say, they're not kidding about the variety part. So far, we've had some rather unusual but enjoyable songs and a retro radio detective serial. And the next item on the agenda appears to be stranger still. Apparently, it's an interview that was conducted in the dark with Maggie McDonald. Maggie is a campaigner, writer, and musician, originally from Cornwall, Ontario. Her interest in all things toxic developed at an early age when she lived next to a textile mill. And now she works to rid products of carcinogens and endocrine-disrupting chemicals. Well, I'm glad someone is doing that. In this installment of Questions in the Dark, Fun Palace steward Jacob Zimmer asked her what was the difference between a hazard and a risk. A hazard is something. It's where you look at what's uh, what can cause a problem at, at any uh, kind of encounter with it. A risk, you're thinking about the likelihood of having that encounter with the hazard. Right. This <laughs> <laughs> is serious business. It is. I get it. It's good. Which is more important, minimizing hazards or risks? Well, from my perspective, hazards are more important to deal with uh, because when you look at risk, there's always... Uh, someone who's that statistical minuscule person who's going to be injured as a, as a result of exposure to that hazard. Right. I'm concerned about those, those hazards affecting those, those lone people. Right. And yeah. so if there's no hazards, then there are no risks. Bingo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, have, you, have you ever been uh, burnt out from winning? I love that question. In 2004, in 2004, I worked on Jack Layton's campaign when he first won a seat uh, to be an MP, a member of parliament in Ottawa. And uh, the day after we won, we were, it was a huge victory, but uh, I was burnt out from winning that. 
yeah, it was one of the, the experiences in my life where I worked harder than I thought I could. And was it a different burnout feeling than, well, I guess the next question is, have you ever been burnt out from losing? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Only a year before that uh, winning experience, I was burned out from losing this uh, big campaign that I had worked on. And a lot of people I worked with and ha- who had mentored me actually lost their jobs. It was a really uh, big electoral disaster. Trying to recover from that uh, without music, without being in a band, would not have been possible. So being in a band is a, is a good way to, to escape burnout? Yeah, I think so. I think music has a, a power to it that uh, it transcends uh, death, time, space. I think uh, love is stronger than death, but music is also stronger than death. And uh, it's very therapeutic. Is there music that isn't stronger than death, or is it all music? No, there's definitely music that isn't stronger than death. In fact, <laughs> there's music that is death. Oh, yeah. Which kind of music is that? Coldplay. <laughs> we'll just let that go. Have there ever been times that you escape burnout through strategies other than music? Yeah, for certain. Uh, I think that community is an excellent way to uh, to not get burnt out. You know, when you're working on on things, making sure that uh, you're checking in with your your people that you're working with, having solidarity, and you don't want to be uh, ever trying to do something yourself. This whole idea of DIY, do it yourself. I think do it together is something that one needs to look to if you need to sustain your life and not flicker on out. That's what you do here with the Fun Palace Radio Variety Show. We try. I certainly could not do it myself. It's a team effort. It is. Is there a split between working for the public good and political work? I think that's an excellent question. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) The power of laughter. Well, I think uh, feminists would say that the personal is political or... From that perspective, I look at the world through a political lens. I see power relations, and to me, in a sense, that's what politics is about. It's about those power relations. But on a technical level, when we're looking at what's uh, political when we're working for the public good, uh, specifically, that's something that's suddenly getting redefined. So uh, there's been many of us working in various uh, causes in activism or in the NGO sector, and uh, we have a concept of what it means to be political Uh, And I think that's tied to uh, partisanship. And uh, and even if one is commenting on policy, you're not necessarily being partisan. But some issues have become so so bent out of focus in Canada recently that things that are just about basic public health are suddenly seeming like partisan issues in this strange uh, red light of this dark question and answer period. Yeah. So... Do you yeah. feel like you've worked in the public good or in politics in a time that that was different? I do. I think that was different even just two years ago, three years ago. Things have changed so fast. And it's something really to reflect on how, how you know, when you're walking in a field and everything looks uh, blue and, and gold and there's that magic hour light <laughs> that artists love so much, the painters and the photographers can really relate to. Uh, But if you're out walking in a field and you have a ways to get back to the place where you're warm and safe or back to your fire and you're hiking, it's so quick that that golden light of the magic hour turns to total blackness and you're lost in a forest. So I think there were moments when things were becoming uh, more difficult or or, uh, the ground that activists were walking on was changing and then suddenly the lights go out. 
It happens so fast. I studied the epistemology of ignorance. So epistemology is about knowledge and justified true belief. But I, I, I studied how knowledge is destroyed purposefully. So how ignorance is created where there was knowledge before. And uh, it's kind of timely, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um, is the creation of ignorance a plotted conspiracy or a haphazard result of, of something else? I think conspiracy is a really interesting word. When we think of conspiracies, we think tinfoil hats and, uh, and secrets that people are hiding from us. But uh, there are things that are just such huge, overwhelming truths right up in our faces that why would we worry about conspiracies when you can even pick up the cover, you can pick up the New York Times and read about what's happening with Manning or Snowden and all of these people. And, and uh, it's not just a person who makes a photocopied flyer for 20 people in some extreme group that's being spied on. Angela Merkel is being spied on. So... We, I'm not worried about conspiracies. I'm worried about these overwhelming truths that are just right up in our faces. I think artists need to to look at that in their unique way. Each of us in our unique way? Or is there a generalized unique way that we should do that in? By looking at politics as the art of the possible, you're kind of looking at politics as uh, not dictatorship or not fascism. It's what's possible in the context of what we currently know, what people understand, and what they're willing to accept. What can we... What can we ask people to live with or what can we ask them to accept? But the role of an artist is to totally blow that apart and redefine what is possible through creative means, through metaphor, through speaking about things, uh, shedding different light on the boundaries of a situation. And that redefines what, what possible is without oppressing the people who have a different understanding of it. It's opening the mind rather than taking a brick to it. Thank you. That concludes Questions in the Dark. Thank you. That was Maggie McDonald, crusader against all things toxic, answering some Questions in the Dark, accompanied by the soothing and non-toxic jazz stylings of John Southworth, live at the Monarch Tavern. And now, we will close this inaugural podcast with a final piece of music by singer Felicity Williams, accompanied by Justin Haynes on guitar. Felicity doesn't seem to have a dedicated website, but I noticed that if you search her on YouTube, there are a number of performances, as she sings with the band Bahamas, the aforementioned John Southworth, and others. Thank you for listening. I am Cedric Littlewood, and hopefully I will speak to you again in future podcasts if the Grand Council or whoever at the Fun Palace grants their royal assent to my performance. Until then... Here's Felicity Williams with Justin Haynes performing Rainbows at the Monarch Tavern.
storm cloud, it's a rainbow. You let the colors out. Believe me, it's really true. for listening. You can find the Fun Palace at funpalace.ca or wherever good podcasts are found. Go forth. Have fun. Multiply variety.